right, this is your place's call. You are listening to Theatrical Thoughts. My name is Emily Wyra. And I'm Jessica Fight. And today we are joined by Frozen's Noah Ricketts. Noah made his Broadway debut in Beautiful, the Carol King musical before joining the Broadway company of Frozen, eventually taking over the role of Kristoff. Noah, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm excited to be here. So how's your day going so far? Well, it just kind of began, you know, being on Broadway for six years straight, I never had a weekend in my entire life. So this is the first year that I've ever had a real weekend. So I really like to take Saturday and Sunday to be chill as hell. So I was, I sleep in as long as I can, you know, I hang out, eat some good breakfast. So it's just beginning, believe it or not. Oh, that's amazing. So now are you like a night owl too? I'm, I cannot sleep at night. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm very much a night owl. Like it, that part of the theater bone is still stuck in me. Like I'm up all night thinking thoughts, singing songs, dancing around my apartment. And then of course, you know, 8 a.m. rolls around and I don't want to get out of bed. So I'm, I'm still stuck in my theater cycle. I don't think that's ever going to change. That's how Emily is also. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, oh, there we go. There's, there's the brightness. Yeah, so I'm enjoying my weekends now. I mean, it's truly, I used to envy people so much on my way to do matinees and do shows or in between shows because I'd see everyone at brunch. And New York is famous for bottomless brunch, right? Like bottomless mimosas and bellinis and all that stuff. So every, I used to live at the top of Central Park. So 110 Central Park North. And I would have to, I would walk the length of the park because it was really pretty on Saturdays and Sundays. And every time I did, there would be, you know, pictures of mimosas and omelets and eggs and fried potatoes. And I'd be on my way to the theater and I'd be so jealous. And now I'm officially, this year will be my first year as an official brunch person. So that's something I'm really enjoying. (laughs) One bright side of the pandemic. (laughs) One bright side of the pandemic, for sure. (laughs) So if you've listened to our previous episodes, we usually start with our guests by doing a 60 second life story. So Emily's <laughs> going to set a timer, Noah, and then you have 60 seconds to just tell us your life. Not stressed at all. Okay. Well, I get to see the timer too. You're going to show it to me so I can know. I, I'll, I'll hold it up to the screen so you can see it. Okay. This, perfect. Is, this is where everyone gets really stressed, but so then after it'll just be smooth sailing. Okay, great. I'm ready. I'm ready. Right, ready? Go. Yep. Set. Go. Noah James Ricketts was born in Louisville, Kentucky. He was a soccer kid growing up till about eight or nine when his friend Ashley McCurdy came over and brought a skateboard. He got on the skateboard, he went down his driveway, he broke his wrist and he was shipped off to theater camp. There he had to sing in a show called Schoolhouse Rock Live Junior. And he didn't know anything about music. He didn't know anything about dancing. He didn't know anything about acting. He did that, he loved it, he was obsessed. Then he started taking private lessons in voice, dance, piano, everything. Then he went to high school for it at a place called Interlochen Arts Academy in Northern Michigan. After he went to Interlochen, he moved to CCM, the Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music, where he got his BFA in musical theater. He left Cincinnati, moved to New York, auditioned for Broadway shows. His first show was Cinderella. He didn't get it. His second show was Beautiful, the Carole King musical. He got it. He started in two weeks. He did Beautiful on Broadway. He did Beautiful on tour. He came back from tour. He did Frozen on Broadway, where he then did it for a year, took over for Kristoff the second year. And now the pandemic hit, and he officially is done that was impressive (laughs) thank you very much I think saying the timer really helped me um but I think I might have to start doing that I feel like it's helpful to manage your (laughs) yeah I think you have to Emily (laughs) and I love how I told the story like not as if it was my own story (laughs) that was incredible (laughs) okay good okay good soccer kid 
that oh, yeah. that's incredible and oh, then you yeah. broke your wrist and that's how you get into the arts that is literally how it happened like I used to be I used to be like on one of those like traveling competitive soccer teams you yeah. know and you know we were pretty serious and every summer I would do like the YMCA soccer camp then I had like a private soccer camp like I had a lot of things going on and I, that's what I was going to do. I was like, this is going to be my life. You know, I'm going to play soccer professionally, of course. Like, right? what else would I do? And then sure enough, you know, my friend brought that skateboard over and I seriously got on and got off in the matter of like 10 seconds. Like I went down the driveway. I ate shit so hard Oof. and I, I broke my wrist like bad. Like you could not play a sport. Like I was like, you know, wrapped up. So the only place I would take me was was the theater. And so they took me and I was sure enough in a new land. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I remember them handing me music and it had a bunch of black dots on it. And I was like, I, I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's, it's sheet music. You read it. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And so like, I felt like I literally walked into an alternate universe. And from that day on, I have seriously been singing and dancing and acting ever since. That was it. That was the bug. That's incredible. So that you would say that was what sparked it for you? That was it. Like that one camp, like introduced me to so much. Like, you know, we, it, it, you know, it's basic like theater camp now that I really look back at it. But to me as a non-theater person, it was so, so special, like group warmups and stretching and dancing and learning how to read music and singing and having a solo and taking ownership of it. All of that stuff was so exciting. And so seriously, every summer, they used to do like a summer one and a winter one. And I was in all of them for like my whole, all the way, like until I left um, Louisville, Kentucky, where I'm from. Um, I did all of those camps because I was so obsessed with musical theater. I, I was totally that kid on YouTube, watching the Tony Awards, wa you know, watching all of these things because it is my first love, musical theater. That is it for sure. I can relate to that. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's such it's such a special art form I think and it's such a hard one to get right which is why I find it so fascinating like I always say I think you see more bad musicals than you see good because it, it really is very hard to do and very hard to do well so I, that's what I always aspire to do is to be on Broadway and do my thing and so I'm very fortunate and lucky that it's happened twice now that's incredible yeah so coming up into high school how did you know for sure like this is what you were going to do professionally what was that experience like for you so after that camp like I basically you know I wanted to I'm a person that likes to do everything like I love to do everything like I don't just want to act I want to sing I want to dance I want to tap I want, I want to do everything so I used to study all of these art forms kind of separately like I took private voice I was in choir and then I would like go take dance and I would take like visual art I also played the piano and I played the saxophone so I did a lot of stuff and so, you know, when you're in high school and the people are pressuring you to have a career, like pick a thing, you know, like you have to pick like one thing. And I'm like, how am I going to pick one thing? Like I love all of, the, all of these pieces of the arts. And so musical theater was kind of that one thing that encompassed so much of what I was already doing and brought it together. And so when it came time for high school, I was like, well, I don't want to study like normal stuff. Like that's a waste of time. I want to study like the arts. And so there was performing arts high school in my hometown. It's called the Youth Performing Arts High School. And um, actually Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls, you know Nicole? She went there. They've got a lot of great people that have come out of there. And so I went there and I studied voice and I they didn't have a major in musical theater. So I had a minor in musical theater. Now, of course they have a major. So I, um, because I had picked musical theater as my passion and was really serious about it, 
I was doing a lot of outside study, you know, like a lot of outside practice. And it came to a point in my high school career where I felt like I had exhausted my learning at that, that institution. And so I was like, I want more. And so my friends who I did a summer theater camp with was like, Hey, I go to this place. It's called Interlock and Arts Academy. And I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, it's like a private performing arts boarding school in the middle of the woods of Michigan. Like you should come check it out. And I was like, okay. And so I Googled and I did the thing and I, you know, convinced my mom to take me up and visit. And I, you know, we, we were obsessed with it. I was obsessed with it. It's like truly, it's like every theater and arts kids dream. It's like, it's called Interlochen, which means between the lakes. It's between two giant, beautiful lakes in Michigan. And there's nothing around but gorgeous woods. And it's truly like you walk down like these cobblestone roads and there's like violinists sitting in the trees. And like, it's truly like a hippie, hippie camp, like all year round to school. <laughs> And um, I was like, oh wait, I gotta come here. Like voice lessons out in the woods and like dance lessons, like on, on a stage that overlooks the lake. I was like, I gotta come here. And so I was fortunate enough that they let me in to come study theater at Interlock and Arts Academy. And I really was, you know, I eat, sleep and drank musical theater and theater all, all day there. And it was super, super special. So that's kind of how everything funneled into my high school, my high school career. That's so cool. It must be so cool to like get to concentrate in something you're so passionate about in high school and have that special. Yeah. Time. And I think like, now that I look back, like I was just super lucky to have, you know, broken that wrist and fallen into it and found my passion so early. Like I just kind of lucked out with that. Like, and I think that's like just a prime example of life, like crazy stuff happens and you can't really understand it. And so you look back and you're like, oh, wow, if that didn't happen, I might be like, I don't know, playing soccer somewhere and that wouldn't be good. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel very lucky to have found my passion very young. Yeah, that's amazing. So you're talking about doing shows in high school. So before your Broadway career, either during high school, college, after that, what would you say was your favorite project that you've been a part of? High school, college, after that. Okay, so like so I, okay, so I finished high school, right? And I um, got into CCM and I decided to go there, which was really, really great. And I, it's really kind of rare for freshmen to be cast in the, the musical at, at CCM, like at the college. And so I got lucky enough to be cast as what's called an Ava's boy, which does not even exist. It's, and we, the production was Evita, okay? So Ava Perone, right? And the director decided that Ava needed four boys that pushed her around and danced around her and sang. And I was one of those, I was one of those guys. And I remember being like, this is the luckiest break I've ever gotten in my whole life. And I, I knew nothing about Evita, like a kind of like, I, and I love that show now. It's like such a beautiful, beautiful, awesome piece. And so that one was really, really special because at CCM, like a lot of people don't know this, they train like, you know, what comes to be Broadway stars, but they also train the best tech, tech people in the world. Like their wig department is, was one of two in the entire United States in, the, in their makeup department and then their sets are unbelievable. So like when you walk out onto that stage and you see the set for the first time, it's truly like a Broadway set because those students go on and they funnel off into Broadway. So a lot of people that I went to college with, I see all the time backstage in New York, which is really, really kind of funny. So that was like my, my show that was like, oh my gosh, like I've, I've met, I've made the pinnacle, like I'm on Broadway, but I'm not, but I am. And it was doing Evita playing in Ava's Boy, which was super duper special. And I truly did nothing but push this girl around and 
that was totally fine by me. I mean, that was totally it. That's all I needed. So that was it. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love Evita. I haven't listened to that in way too long. It's such a good show. You go back and do that for sure. Yeah. So now coming to New York after being in like, as you say, the woods in the middle of nowhere for so long, what was that transition like? So I, um, I, I was like, I did four years of, of, of college, right? I did four years of CCM and we call that a Broadway boot camp because it is like, you know, it's around the clock, you never stop. And so I had spent so much time like talking about theater and like talking about New York and wanting to be on Broadway that the day I was supposed to graduate and walk a graduation, I was like, screw it, I'm, I'm leaving. And so I told my friend, I was like, we're renting a U-Haul the last, after the last class, meet me in my apartment, we're loading it up and we are driving our asses to New York. Like I was ready to go. Like I was done talking about it. I was done studying it. I just wanted to do it. And so literally April 1st, 2014 is when I graduated college. Ugh. And I literally jumped in a U-Haul. I drove straight to New York with my friend and the rest was history. Yeah. So I skipped my own graduation. I didn't even walk. They mailed me my diploma. I was like, great, fine. I don't care. I just want to do this. And so I got to New York and it was a crazy transition. I was lucky enough to have known so many people because of, of college. So, you know, there are a lot of people already there. And so we kind of had like a building of college folk. And so I was lucky enough to secure an apartment in that building. I moved in, I showcased um, for agents and managers two weeks later and got one. And, you know, I got a lot of, got a lot of hits and was lucky enough to snag a really good one. And I was off to the races. Like as soon as I got to New York, the audition started flowing in and we were, we were off and running. And I told you my first one was um, Cinderella, Cinderella on Broadway. That's insane. Yeah. So what was that audition process like? And then sort of like getting onto the, getting onto beautiful, how, did, what was that initial sort of audition experience like for you? Yeah, well, it was so crazy because like I said, you talk about it and then all of a sudden you're, you're in it. Like you're, you're at a Broadway audition and it's like all those people that I had watched on YouTube and, you know, seen in the ensembles of Broadway shows. I was like, oh, we're in the same room together. Like what? This is crazy. Yeah. And so Cinderella went very, very well. I had like six rounds of, of callbacks. I remember it was to be in the ensemble and then the cover Prince Topher, right? And so I would sing, you know, do I love you because you're beautiful or whatever, like a million times. And the final, final dance call, it came down to me, my best friend who I lived with. Yeah, my best friend Max and like one other kid. Uh, and so it came down to us three. And I remember being like, I don't care who gets it, like just one of us get it, right? And so we did this final dance call after like a day's long, you know, audition and callback process. And we had to partner the dance captain. And Cinderella has a lot of partnering in it, lifts and jumps and things like that. And so I remember doing it, dipping her, it went really, really well. I remember Max doing it, you know, he's a great dancer. It went really, really well for him. And then the third guy did it and he's, he did the dip and the girl fell on her face. He's, he dropped her. And I remember, you like, yeah, exactly. And so I had, <laughs> and Max and I, we know we have known each other so long that we don't even have to speak. You know, when you look at someone, you're just like, oh gosh. And I remember us both being like, well, that kid's not going to get it. And sure enough, on the way out, I get a call and he got it. He got the freaking show. <laughs> and I remember being like, what? And my Asian called me. He's like, yeah, you didn't get it, kid. And I was like, oh man, like I was so bummed because I was like, oh my God, my first Broadway audition first Broadway callback like oh I really want it 
And then sure enough, he's like, hey, but I got another audition for you. It's at 10 a.m. tomorrow. I'm sending you five songs to learn overnight. Don't be late. Hangs up the phone. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I go home. It's for this show called Beautiful, the Carol King musical, you know, and I'm vaguely familiar with Carol King, but I don't know it a ton. And so I stuff all of these songs in my head overnight after my all day callback and I roll into this audition and I just sing my little heart out. I'm like, whatever. I don't have anything to lose, right? So I did and I sang five songs. They raised the key. I sang them all again. And then they sent me off to this dance call and I danced my little tushy off. We did so many rounds, right? So we started with like 50 boys, then we were down to 25 and then we were down to like 10. And um, they dismissed everyone out of the room and the casting director came up to me and he said, hey, just hang on real quick. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, just hang on. And he let everyone go except for me. And I was like, uh, am I in trouble? Like what's going on? So they called me back into the room and the choreographer, his name's Josh Prince. And he was like, hey, I know you can dance. I know you can sing, but I just wanna see you have fun. So all of this choreography that you have just learned, I want you to reverse it. Can you do that? And I was like, well, that's not my idea of fun, but sure, I'll try. <laughs> and so um, I did like, you know, sure enough, that was something that we had learned at that crazy Broadway college I went to CCM where we, they would make us do ridiculous stuff like reverse all of the dances and, you know, all that stuff. And so I just put my big boy pants on and by the grace of God, I did it. I, I reversed all that choreography that I had learned. And I was like, okay. And they're like, great, you're dismissed. And I was like, okay and so I left and I called my agent I was like that's the weirdest thing ever and he called me back at 11 p.m and was like hey you need to be at the costume shop tomorrow at 10 a.m and I was like okay well wait did I get it and he was like well I don't know but you need to go to the costume shop I was like okay so sure enough I get a call 11 p.m by 10 a.m the next morning I'm up and I am trying on suits with this costume designer. No one's telling me I've gotten the show. Like no one seems to know that one crucial piece. Like they're just like putting shoes on me, putting you know jackets on me. And it's it's like a you know 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s theme show. So I got an app, they're putting wigs on me. I mean like it, it's wild. And no one during this three hour fitting has been like, you got the job. So I'm like, this is like the weirdest thing ever. And so over three hours of costume fittings, I I become friends with this costume designer because I'm like, I have no one else to talk to. And he's like, on the way out, he's like, hey, you should call your agents. And I was like, okay. So I called my agents and I'm like, the costume guy says to call you. And he was like, yeah, I haven't gotten the paperwork. It hasn't come through yet, but you got the job. You start tomorrow, click. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm on Broadway. I mean, it was like the weirdest, fastest, strangest thing ever. And so sure enough, like within a matter of two weeks from being in New York, I land a Broadway show. I don't even know my way around the subway system, like let alone like how to rehearse a Broadway musical, but here I am being thrown into it. And I was, you know, that next day I came back, all of those costumes were pressed. I was, I was put into the show in three crazy days because someone had a knee injury and I had to be on and I was off to the races. That was it. My Broadway dream became a reality. That's insane. I still can't get over the fact that you had to reverse all the choreography. I feel like I'm, I'm like, that's what song we have to try now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you can try it and I will fail. <laughs> I know. It's one of those moments where you're just like, you hope that God takes over your body and like, you know, like lets you do it magically. And I, and sure enough, he did. So that's good. <laughs> wow, that's that must have been such a surreal experience. Like not even getting the call, just being like, we have to go try in all these costumes, but did I get it? 
it was so crazy like you know it, it, and Broadway can be like that they'll just be they're not like, gonna tell you anything they'll just like rehearse you and they'll be like oh and then like the last thing to them they're like oh yeah you got the job like just come on in and do it it's so funny how that how that works and so yeah that I did that show on Broadway for a year and a half and then sure enough during our run we won a bunch of Tony you know Jesse won a Tony award and they, they won a Grammy and it was super duper special. It was a really exciting time. And during the midst of that, they opened a they were opening a national tour. And I knew nothing about tour. And they came up to me and they were like, hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, okay, sure, I'll do it. And they let me pick whatever song I wanted to sing because I was part of a guy group called the Drifters, right? And they all sang solos. So of course I like picked the best one. I was like, I want to sing that song. So they let me pick my songs and they were super duper sweet. And so sure enough, I was off touring a year and a half later. That's so cool. What, what was like, tour blows my mind. What was that whole experience like? And what was your kind of favorite part of that? Yeah, so tour is super duper crazy. So I'm so happy that I did it. And I'm so happy that it's one of the first things I did because, because I, I don't think I could do it again now. But like, it's such a young person's thing. Not that I'm old, but I'm not necessarily that young. And um, it, it was amazing. Like when you go out, like at, you're like, every city is like an opening night, which I didn't realize, right? So like every time you open in a city, there's a party and you meet people and you shake hands and it's like super duper fun. And so the first half of our tour, we had really long sit downs. Like we did LA for three months. We did Chicago for three months. We did DC, you know? So that was really, really, really special. And so then after that first year, tour becomes tour. And that means you are moving every single week. Like you are, before you can even unpack your bag, you're packing it back up. And I remember like, I stopped like unpacking at one point. I was just like, I'm just gonna keep this all here. It's just gonna be so much easier. But it was really, really special. Like, you know, we all, we live in the United States, but we never get an excuse to like really travel around and on someone else's dime. So I learned so much about the United States and the West Coast, which I really had never explored before. And I saw so many wonderful new cities and was introduced to like so many different types of cuisine. Like, oh my gosh, I remember being like, I can't fit these pants anymore. Like every city you go to has a new, every city is known for like a famous dish, right? Like, you know, it's the gooey butter cake in St. Louis. It's the crawfish in Louisiana, it's the this. And so like you end up trying everything because everybody's like, you have to try this. You're only here once. So I remember by the end of that tour, I went on this crazy, crazy diet because I was like, I feel like I'm just like ballooning up over here, just eating my way through the United States of America. But tour was a super duper special experience. Like, you know, that'll teach you to perform on the go because you literally touch down, you sleep for five hours, you wake up, you do a sound check, and then you open that show and you're in a new theater that you've never seen before. And you're producing and putting on a Broadway musical for thousands of people. And tour houses are triple the size of Broadway. So it, it definitely taught me a lot, a lot about like moving on the fly and picking up and going and just kind of making it work because tour is just, just it's a wild ride. So I did that for a year and a half. And I remember by the end of that, I was like, I can no longer travel to a new city. Like I cannot be on another flight, like lugging my bags around, eating out of containers. Like I need to be home. And so at the end of that, I was like, it's time. And so I just kind of left without another job, which was super duper crazy, which probably is your next question, huh? <laughs> 
You are you're really good at predicting. <laughs> These transitions are amazing. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. So coming off of tour. Yeah. Bob Bliss, how are you? What's going through your head at that point? I'm assuming you're going through a bunch of auditions at that time and figuring out yeah. where to go from there. Yeah. So being on tour is really weird because you feel like you're so disconnected from the rest of like what's happening in New York. Like you feel like that, right? So you see like the playable articles come out and there's new musicals and there's this and you're like, oh my gosh, like I want to be a part of that. And so I remember calling my agent and being like, hey, like, you know, like I'm thinking about coming back. Like, is there anything going on? And he got me this random audition for Frozen. And I was like, okay. So I was in Detroit doing the tour and he made me, you know, I had to fly back in and do this Frozen audition. And I got some sides for Kristoff and I was talking with a reindeer and I'd never seen this movie before. And I was like, what the hell is this? And so I did it and it went super duper well. And that next week I had my first vacation. So I had done three years, three years of, you know, the, sh- the show on Broadway and then the show on tour. And I was taking my first vacation with my friend, Max, who was that kid in Cinderella. And we were going on a cruise ship. And I remember being like, okay, I'm going to do this Frozen audition. I'll find out if I got it and whatever. And I'll go on a cruise ship, you know? So of course I do the audition. It goes really well. I go back to my tour and then I go on that cruise and I get a call from my agent or an email from my agent while I'm on that cruise that says, Hey, you have a callback. And I'm like, uh, I'm on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Like, I don't think I can make it. (laughs) And I remember being like, is there any way I can like get a helicopter and fly and you know, like whatever. And the answer was a strong no. And so I actually ended up you know, being like, I had to forego my callback and my potential role in the show. And I was really, really bummed about it. And he was like, I've been in this business a long time. If it's meant to be, it'll be. And so I forgot about that show. I forgot about the audition. And sure enough, later I'm sitting on tour and I look on playbill.com and I see that they had fired everyone from Frozen, the first round of Frozen. Do you guys know this? They had gotten rid of the director, the choreographer. Oh, that's and, right. I yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, and everyone that they had hired from the first round of Frozen. And so I was like, what? And so when I announced I was coming off the tour, my agent called me back and was like, hey, they still need a cast for Frozen. Like, do you want to go back in? I was like, sure. So had I actually made it back to New York to do that callback, I might have gotten cast and might have gotten the axe and never been in Frozen at all, you know? So it's really funny how life works out the way it's meant to. But um, sure enough, I closed that tour, I left, and I came back to New York, auditioned for Frozen yet again, and was a little more equipped to speak to an invisible reindeer in an audition room, which is very, very strange. And, you know, I did it and I did seven, no, I did eight, eight rounds of, of auditions and callbacks. And here's a fun fact that they don't tell you nowadays about Broadway. It used to be like really quick, like you used to like, come in, audition, do your thing. They liked you, you got it. It was like maybe a day or two, right? Nowadays, it is like rehearsal. So I remember like we would come in at 10 a.m. and I would not leave that room until 6 p.m. And I would sing, I would de- they would test out choreography on me. They would change the script and just test out the script on me. And so it feels like you are actually already in a Broadway show without ever receiving a contract. And so I did that for eight days in a row, which is really kind of crazy. I know they don't tell you this part of Broadway. Like, 
you kind of get to taste it before you ever hopefully get it. And so I remember by the eighth day, I was like, well, if they don't know if they want me by now, like there's no, there's no change in their minds. Like you either know or you don't, like we really know each other by this point. And I had my final, 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 final frozen callback. And it was crazy. I mean, like 45 people behind a table watching you, cameras to document the entire experience. You know, there's a full live band that's our that's accompanying us for our music auditions, singing auditions, and dancing auditions. Like it is, it, that should be its own reality show. Like the final callbacks of a Broadway show. It is so full out, you guys. And then when you add Disney into the mix, it even goes crazier. And so I remember just being like, oh, please, dear God, like, let me, you know, get this. Like, I'm so close. I did eight rounds of this. Please, please, please. And it's the final day. And I, I walk into this, you know, rehearsal hall and I'd look at my bag and I had forgotten my dance shoes. And I was like, holy crap. Like I, and I called my agent, I was like, I left my shoes at the other place. Like we rehearsed between two, two spaces. Like I left at the other place, like, what am I gonna do? And he's like, uh, I don't know, hold on, hold on, hold on. So my agent calls the casting director who calls the head of casting, whose, whose name is Bernie Telsey, who is the biggest casting director in all of New York and says, Bernie, you gotta get this kid his shoes. So Bernie goes to the studio, he gets my shoes, he gets in a cab, he drives all the way downtown, meets me in the lobby. I get my shoes from him and I've got like literally two minutes on the clock till I am late for this thing. Run into the elevator. And as I run into the elevator, all of the creative team runs into. And it's like, you know, this is pre-COVID. So it's like a New York elevator. Everyone can be slammed in. And so we're all in there and it's me, the music director, the director, the choreographer, the assistant, and me with my little dance shoes, like, oh my God. And so in true Noah fashion, you know, we've got like 19 floors to go up and I just start cracking jokes like bad dad jokes. And, you know, it actually eased the tension in that horrible, horrible, you know, elevator. And so that made me so much more relaxed, like being forced to be in this elevator with them for 19 floors. I was like, well, you know, here we are, like just cracking jokes. And so by the time I walked into that dance call, I walked in with like an entourage of like director and music director behind me, like my shoes in hand. I probably looked so crazy. And I, I, I had no qualms in the world because I was like, well, the worst part is done. You know, I was trapped in an elevator with all these very important people and I didn't die. So, you know, now I can just dance in front of them and it'll be fine. And so I did, and I did like a full day of singing. I sang for Kristoff, I sang for Hans, I sang for Pobby, I sang for everything. You guys, you name it, I auditioned for it. And it went super duper well. And I got home and as soon as I did, that same crazy agent called me and he said, hey kid, you got the job, you start on Tuesday, click. And sure enough, I was off to the races yet again. So I'll pause right there for you. <laughs> Wow. Wait, you got your dance shoes from Bernie himself. Yeah, okay. I'm not over that part that Bernie himself brought you your shoes. Bernie himself got in a cab, got my smelly shoes and brought them to me. I mean, that is, that is true love right there. And I am forever in debt to that man. And I still joke with him when I see him, I'm like, remember that time? He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So it's yeah. Bernie, Bernie himself, Bernie is a man and he, he got me those shoes. And so which really full circle is <clears throat> I'm jumping way ahead, but we open on Broadway. Oh no, no, no. Before that, let's talk about this we go out of town, right? So we rehearsed this crazy Broadway musical for seven weeks in New York. And 
rehearsing a Broadway musical for Disney is stressful. And then when you add on top of that, that it's a major successful, like the most successful animation of all time, that adds another level of stress, right? So that was a really, really hard process. And I remember the hardest thing was we went through 13 opening numbers throughout the process from New York to out of town, yeah, to back to opening on Broadway. And 13. Yeah, 13. And I remember every day, we, yeah, we'd walk in, they would hand us sheet music. We'd learn, the, we'd learn chunks of music right away, right? And we would then start rehearsing choreography and we would do like chunks of it. And so by the time lunch rolled around, all of these executives in suits would walk in, they would sit down and they would watch that number that we had just rehearsed. And they wanted to see like, is this the one? And we did that like week after week, like, and by lunch, by the end of lunch, the choreographer would come in and she would either say, maybe, and they don't know yet or she would shake her head and say no and we'd start all over again rehearsing these numbers so it was a pretty grueling process so we did that rehearsal process in new york we took the show out of town to denver which was really really fun and so we all lived in denver for three months and tested it out and saw what worked and what didn't work and sure enough we had an opening night in denver and i'm at the mall and i'm getting my white shoes for my tux right i'm with my friend and i get a call from the stage manager and she says hey you need to get to the theater right now. And I was like, why? She was like, you're probably going to be on tonight. I was like, well, yeah, I'm on tonight. I'm in the show. I'm in the ensemble. She goes, no, no, no. You're going to be on for Kristoff. And I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, you're going to be on for Kristoff tonight. And I was like, okay. So I run to the theater, right? I'm at the mall. I jump in an Uber. I get to the theater. I'm, I, I tell my friend this, who's watching the opening night. I say, go get my scripts. Like, you know, we had... When you're creating a Broadway musical, nothing is set. Like there's no, there's barely any script. You get new lyrics every day. You get new sides every day. The choreography changes every five seconds. So you're barely, you barely know any version of the show, let alone the parts that you may understudy or cover. Like those are never even gotten to. And so sure enough, I run to the theater and they send me to costumes first. And they're, you know, Christoph's costumes all made of leather. Actually, this is what he looks like right here all made of leather, leather. And so <laughs> I, um, they're throwing slabs of leather over me and they're like trying to make it work. Like my costume was not constructed at all. It was literally just leather fabric. And I remember looking through the script and they're throwing leather over my shoulder and they, they don't have shoes for me. It's a hot mess. And then I basically, and I go, I go, I, I have to stop you guys. Like, can give me five seconds. I got to learn this show if I'm doing it in five hours. So I run upstairs, the music team's up there, the dance team's up there, the acting team's up there, and we start pounding through this show and all of the blocking, like from the first scene. And they're like, okay, great. You go downstage, you cross right, you move back here. And I'm like, what's that line again? What, was, what is he saying here? And so we are plowing through this. And so sure enough, we get all the way to like halfway through the show, like get to intermission. And the stage manager literally runs up and she goes, okay, okay, Jelani's gonna do, he's gonna do the show tonight but I wouldn't be surprised if you go on for act two. And I turned to everyone and I'm like, the act that we didn't rehearse. <laughs> and they're like, good luck kid, like good luck. And sure enough, I had to slap on my own makeup, do my own job in the ensemble. And the entire time I'm stressing out because I'm like, he's gonna lose his voice and I'm gonna have to go out there and do something. And so sure enough, he's hobbling through, he's hobbling through, he makes it through. 
And by the second act, the stage manager comes up to me and she goes, okay, you're a thousand percent on tomorrow at the show. So just know that. And I was like, okay. And, you know, I finished the show. I still don't know act two. Like I barely know act one. I sure don't, I surely don't know act two. There's no footage of the musical, right? There's no blocking because it changed every day. I barely have the most updated script. Like we, we, we had no idea. And so I have all of these people coming to visit me because it's opening night. And so I go to the party for five seconds to take a picture, to see my crazy agent, to see my friend. And I, who do I run into? But Bernie Telsey at that opening night party. And he goes, remember when I brought you those shoes? And I was like, yes, Bernie. And he was like, well, great. Cause I'm gonna see you put them to use tomorrow. He's like, I'm staying longer to watch you go on. And I was like, oh crap. Yeah. No pressure, just Bernie telling me. No pressure. They, I'm staying to watch you. Staying, and that's what the entire team did. The whole casting team, all of the music team, all of the directors, everybody, they stayed basically, thank you, to watch me um, do Kristoff the next day. And so I remember I went home, I did not sleep a wink. I went through this script and I, I learned it up, down, left, right, center, right? I came in the next day, we did a couple of stunts because Kristoff falls through a bridge and you know has that crazy reindeer. And then sure enough, it was time to go. And it was literally one of those moments where I had to put all of that training from when I broke my wrist up until now to use like all of that high school training, all of that college, everything. I had to kind of trust my gut and just like let it fly. And I knew the story and I said, okay, you know, he's got to get from here to here. And, and no matter how I get there, I just know I'm going to get there. And so that's what I did. And I just made sure I had so much fun and it was a major success. I remember like kind of blacking out and I came to and I was kissing this girl and it happened to be Anna. And I said, I guess I made it. I guess I made it to the end. And I totally did. And it was, a, it was a major, major success. And so, you know, they were very thankful and I was thankful that they gave me the opportunity to go on. It was a very, very special and stressful, stressful, stressful moment, but I made it through. And that's a testament to all of that crazy training that I had, like from, you know, break, that broken wrist up until now. And so we did the show out of town. It was a hit. We took three months off. I flew to Asia to take to have vacation, which was really, really fun. And I came back to New York. We re-rehearsed the show for seven weeks and we opened on Broadway. And so we did, it was a crazy time, like opening that show. We, you know, got some Tony noms, which was really, really fun. We got to perform on the Tonys, which was really, really amazing. And then that first year hit and, you know, Jelani had decided it was time for him to go. And, you know, they were looking at me, they're like, you know, you saved the day back in, back in Denver. Would you be interested in, in auditioning, auditioning again for Kristoff on Broadway, which is a, also a fun fact. People think that um, I was offered it outright and that was actually not the case. I had to re-audition with all of New York City, just like I did the first time. Like 40 people, cameras, invisible reindeer, all again. And so it went super duper well. And I did, a, I did a full day of auditioning and then the entire team actually, they put me on in the show as Kristoff and they came to watch me live on Broadway on a random Wednesday matinee. And you know, after that, the director took me in a, a private room and he said, hey, he's like, I believe in you. I just wanna know, can you do this? And I was like, I can do this. I said, if I can, if I can do that show without with three hours of rehearsal, I can hold this thing up on my back for the next year. And so they trusted me and they let me do it. And sure enough, I was Kristoff and Frozen on Broadway. And that's it. It's a long story, but we got there. That's 
Amazing. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, so crazy. So it, performing in like my life route has been such a crazy, it, you know, people, I think on it, when they see things on Instagram or they see things on Facebook, it looks very like linear and looks like, you know, it, it's easy to say, oh, it went from this to this, to this, to this, but there's so many nuances to a career in the performing arts and it's so up and down and left and right and crazy. It's like, so I love doing things like this because I get to actually explain how it, <laughs> how it all went. So what other questions do you have? <laughs> That's such a roller coaster getting there. I mean, I guess just like what was your emotional state when you got that info that you were going to be taking over the role full time like eight shows a week now it felt like it felt like a like a big exhale like I had so much of my life had been frozen you know up until this point and I'd always wanted to play Kristoff and I was lucky I was lucky enough to do it you know for weeks at a time when we'd have vacations or people would be out sick or whatever and so it was always people coming up to me being like you know what you should you should probably play this I'm like yeah I know I know but <laughs> I don't get to make that decision and so um it was a big exhale and I think it was really nice it was good for the company too because you know it's hard when you bring in a bunch of new you know principles into a show that's already been established and so I felt like it felt like a real honor to, you know, have a little bit of promo- a promotion there and to also be around the same people that I had been in the hatches with creating a Broadway show. You know, the people that I'd leaned on, you know, cried with and been upset with and happy with at all of the ups and downs of, of Broadway. So to take ownership of that role felt like, ah, okay, great. Life's good. We can do this. We're off to the races. Felt like a big old exhale. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm sure. So what was your favorite part of playing Kristoff? So my favorite part of playing Kristoff was probably the the number in the show Fixer Upper. So Fixer Upper, yeah, when they did the liminal people with the crazy tails and the dreadlocks and all that stuff. That was my favorite moment in the show because it's one of the few moments where everyone, except Elsa, because she's like a loner, but everyone is on stage together. Like it's truly like a true communal Broadway moment where everyone's singing, dancing, and acting at the same time and joking around. So that was always my favorite number to get to in the show. Cause I would be like, regardless of what happens throughout this, I know I'm going to have fun up there. Then I know I'm going to be dancing with my friends upstage and making a fool and making faces and joking around. And so that was my favorite part of playing Kristoff. And also working with um, Sven was really, really, really special because like that made my job so much easier. Like when you come out with a life-size reindeer that blinks and licks and smiles and nudges you, it just, people just automatically like you. So I was like, great, this guy made my job like 50% easier. So every time we made that entrance around the corner through the castle gates, I would let him run forward and, you know, do his spin thing. And sure enough, every day, claps, 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 applause, applause, applause. So those are my two, my two big highlights for sure. I can attest when I saw the show, just losing my mind when you guys came out. That's so special. <laughs> it's just, it was like, uh, it's magic. It's pure Disney magic, that I show. I know, and that was one of the few things like that never changed throughout the entire, from our first rehearsal all the way to, you know, our last show was that entrance with Sven and Kristoff because the, the reaction was always, didn't matter if we were in a rehearsal room or we were on a Broadway stage, everyone was like, oh. <gasps> When that big old reindeer came around the corner, they're like, how do they do that? And people still don't believe me that it's one person in there. They still don't believe me. It's yeah, because so- everyone's so used to just seeing people on stage in costume. But then when you see a reindeer come out, that's not 
something yeah. that you see on Broadway every day. Yeah, and our on our wonderful, you know, Sven was almost cut from Frozen. A lot of people don't know that. Like when these movies transfer to stage, a lot of times they don't know how to make animals really work on stage, especially when they have like lines and things like that, and you know, movements and you know, they have to be alive. And so I don't know if you guys remember, but like Aladdin, you know, he had his wonderful monkey, which then turned disappeared and turned into his three friends, Babcap, Babcack, whatever, and somebody, somebody, three friends, you know. And so on Frozen, they were going to cut the reindeer completely. And so Michael Curry, who designed all of the puppets with Julie Tamer for The Lion King, was like, he was like, hey, I actually made a reindeer, made some reindeers for this play in Japan. And he made some reindeers and they all they did was walk across the stage. It was, that was literally all they did. They didn't like blink or do anything like that. They were just kind of life-size. And I think there was about seven of them and they just crossed the stage for one scene and that was it. He goes, so I technically have made a reindeer before but I've never made it blink or made it like move or made, you know, like it, it, they just walked across. So he started experimenting and then sure enough, he made a blink and he made the, you know, by the end they added a mouthpiece that made the mouth go up and down, made it look like he was talking. He made the ears move by using toggles in the hand. And those guys got super, super good at making that thing lifelike, like truly. And so you, when they're up there, they become an animal. And that's, I was so happy that it stayed in the show and stayed throughout the duration of the stone because like, I can't imagine him not being there now. Cannot at all. Yeah, yeah no. I don't think anyone can. No. Yeah. So that was super duper special. Love Sven. Shout out to Sven for sure. <laughs> so now in a show like Frozen, that's so on stage, like the plot of the story is all about the relationships. How would you say the backstage relationships sort of played into the, the work on stage too? Yeah, well... So we call them the OGs, right? Right, Like we're the Broadway OGs. And so what we were fortunate enough is to keep a lot of our OG company members throughout. And so that makes a huge difference. Frozen is such, I mean, it's a $36 million spectacle, right? So things come out of the floor. There's a LED, we have the biggest TV screen in the world, that LED screen that's behind us. You know, things light up, Elsa shoots ice. Like it's a very dangerous and crazy process. And so we really learn to depend on each other and depend on our crew a lot. Like I actually just ran into the guy who used to press the button that let me free fall through the air. His name's Mike and he's super great. And so, you know, we became very close, Mike and I, because I had to trust that man that a thousand times to press that button at the right moment so that I didn't just fall through a trap and be suspended in midair, right? That would be horrible. And so you you learn to trust people off stage because it, you depend on them so much when you get on stage, because inevitably things happen. Like you know, ice shoots out of the floor at the wrong time, and someone trips, and that inspires another trip, and it gets really really crazy. And so we had a really great off stage working relationship because you know we had to have a great one on stage too. And creating a Broadway musical is such a hard process that you inevitably become a family because it's a lot of highs and it's a lot of lows, right? Like we expected a couple more Tony nominations for our, our wonderful girls, you know, in the show that did such a great job playing Elsa and Anna. They didn't happen. And that was a major low for us, but we had to depend on each other and lift them back up because we still had to do a show every night. So it definitely becomes a family when you're backstage and that craziness that happens on stage, you don't even have to try after, after a little bit, that fun that we're having, it just feels like you're dancing with your family. It's great. Amazing. That yeah. must be such a like heartwarming thing. <laughs> That's so cool. 
Yeah. yeah, Emily and I always talk about how theater creates a community and it's just so true. Yeah, it's definitely the thing that I think I miss the most during this crazy, crazy pandemic is having that sense of having that sense of family and, you know, creating art with other people. You know, it's one thing to make an audition tape or to do it via Zoom, but it's another thing to be in the room and see people's visceral reactions and dance with people and jump with people and joke with people. It's it's a whole different and fun collaborative experience that I'm really looking forward to getting back to at some point, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So kind of looking at pandemic, you know, hopefully we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel, but what has been sort of keeping you busy throughout this crazy shutdown and what you've been going through? Yeah, so I, it's, it has, so the first part of the pandemic, I literally just took some time off. I just started eating food and getting fat and being lazy and sleeping. Well, you know, after six years of Broadway, I'd say you deserve it. (laughs) I needed a break and, you know, my body needed a break and my brain needed a break. And so that's what I did the first part of the pandemic was just chill. And I know a lot of people were creating art and creating music and doing stuff like that. And I was like, you know, kudos to you. I'm not doing that. And um, I just chilled out. And then after I was done with that, I was like, great. And I started diving into some other side projects that I never really had the time to get to. And so like quite simply, I started reading a lot again. Like I spent time just reading, which was really, really fun. I started, you know, singing for myself, which is really kind of crazy. Like I was so used to singing other people's music that I never sat down and played and sang for myself. So I started doing stuff like that again, which was really, really fun. I started teaching again, which really kind of brought things full circle to me. I've loved, I love teaching and I've done it for years on and off when I can with a crazy schedule. And so to have like regular students and to see them grow and to like help them grow, it really reminds me of why I got into this crazy business in the first place. And so that's been really, really nice. And then in, in addition to that, things have really started to pick up in terms of auditioning again. And people are doing little concerts. And, you know, I, I performed with the symphony, which was crazy d- during all of this COVID time, like all of the rules and precautions, but we did it and we live streamed it. And that was really, really fun. So it's been nice. Like there's been a little inklings of art every every couple of months or every month or so that have reminded me like okay it's gonna be good we're on our way back and that's really what's been keeping me inspired and motivated to to keep pushing forward is that I see it getting more and more as we go along so that that's really really exciting yeah we feel like we're so close we could see the light as Emily said yeah we're so close and I'm really curious to see like how Broadway will be when we come back you know it's like so much has changed and I'm so curious to see how it all plays out and if people come back and how quickly they're willing to come back and I know everyone has a desire for for Broadway like you know everyone really does and there's nothing like doing it in person I mean there's nothing you guys know when the lights go down and everyone erupts into into pure you know chaos and joy and claps it's like it's such a special moment so I'm really looking forward to going back to that first Broadway show and be, I'm going to get that ticket. I don't know how, but I'm going to get it, whether it's the Lion King or Hamilton or whatever. That first show back, I will be there. And I cannot wait to have that moment where the lights go down and everyone erupts in applause. And it's just going to be super duper 
special. Oh, Emily and I say that all the time that the first show that comes back, we will be in the front row losing our minds. Oh my- fifth row, considering that. <laughs> well, that's true with COVID, fifth row. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll be spaced out by six rows or something crazy like that. But hey, I'll, I'll wave to you from a distance and it will be super duper special. I'm very much looking forward to it. I look forward to sobbing with you all in that theater. <laughs> I will be a big fat baby. I did the I did the symphony and they the orchestra started playing Bring Him Home and I just lost it. I was sitting in an empty theater and I heard that music again. I was like, oh my God, I miss theater so much. So that moment when the orchestra strikes up is gonna be it's gonna be magic for sure. Which show are you guys looking forward to seeing when it comes back? Like which one are you guys looking forward to? All of the all of the show. I yeah. I got really into, um, I really, really got into company over shutdown. And so that was like, I started listening to the London album religiously. And I was like, wow, this is going to be on Broadway. <laughs> so I think I'm excited for that in particular, but just like, I don't know, everybody's saying like Linda's first, it's good to see me, isn't it? And that's such a cheap, oh I want to be there and I want to cry. <laughs> Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. Yes. Oh my God. So many lines like that are going to be so, so good. Like, and have such a different meaning coming out of this. Absolutely. That's, that's for sure. Um, and, and what about you? That, that's a tough one. Probably Jagged Little Pill. I'm <gasps> very excited to see Jagged Little Pill. I just started listening to this, that album yesterday. Oh, I did, it came on my thing. I was like, this is really good. Of course I'm on Broadway and I know nothing about Broadway, but I was like, I just, <laughs> I just heard it and I was like, this is a really good musical. So I'm excited to see that one too. Oh, for man. the longest time, I was like not listening to Jagged Little Pill. And yeah, maybe like a week ago, I put it on for the first time. I'm like, where have I been? <laughs> yeah. That You Ought to Know is off the charts. Oh my God. Another listen- level of existence. So long. I could listen to that forever. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm, I'm thrilled about that too. And I mean, like, I think I'm even going to go back to the classics. Like I haven't even seen Phantom on Broadway and I worked across the street from them forever. So like, I want to see just that, like just the old school stuff. I think honestly, any of them, honestly, at this point, I'll take, I'll take any. What I, whatever I can get a ticket to is where I will be. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the better answer. Whatever we can get a ticket to, we'll, we'll be at. That's for sure. Yeah. I can't believe, I haven't seen Phantom either and for someone who's seen it as I have I don't know how I haven't seen Phantom <laughs> oh so we'll have to make a we'll have to make a trip to that one too we'll just do a double double header matinee and night how about that oh I'm so there I'm there <laughs> Emily and I as soon as we're fully vaccinated we will be living in the city oh great Good, good. We are very ready to get back. <laughs> good, good. I know. And, and you know, we're excited to have, you know, Broadway fans back too, because gosh, we miss you just as much as you miss us. We miss you for sure. So I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It'll be such a special moment. And, you know, it'll be, uh, everyone will look at Broadway very differently after this, I think. We won't take anything for granted, huh? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially through all of this, just the the level of empathy that art form has, I think we all need it. And it's gonna be magic. I can't wait. <laughs> magic, I can't wait to the day. Good, good, good guys. <laughs> all right, well, I think that that's all we've got for you, Noah, but thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. We seriously can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And you're taking the time to share your crazy journey with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And um, I can't wait to hear this episode. I can't wait till it comes out. And if anybody's listening, support Broadway and go back, go back, go back to the theater. We need you. Yes. And please continue donating to the Actors Fund. 
And if you want to connect with Noah on Instagram, go to at Noah J R K T S, where you can find information about coaching opportunities and keep up to date on his latest projects. And also be sure to follow Theatrical Thoughts at Theatrical Thoughts Podcast on Instagram as well. Woohoo! Good job, you guys. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. All Bye. Right.